everybody. Welcome to All There Is. I'm your host, Kelly Bargabas, and I'm so excited to be here today. In this episode, we're going to talk about getting lost, feeling lost, um, uncertain, and unsure of whether or not we're on the right path. Have you ever ridden in the car with someone who gets really panicked and angry or unhinged if they get lost or take a wrong turn and have no idea where they're going? I have. I had an ex like this, and we had the worst fights of our life when we were in the car, especially if we were in an unfamiliar city and got lost. I remember this one time we had rented a U-Haul van to uh, drive to New Jersey and move his dad into a nursing home. And I don't know if I gave bad directions, I was the navigator, or he took a wrong turn or whatever. There was a lot of traffic. We were lost, literally screaming at the top of our lungs at each other. And it's sort of ridiculous when you think about it. I mean, what is really going to happen now that we're lost? It's not like we're going to fall off the edge of the earth, you know? Um, It's going to be okay. My husband, Craig, is one of the few people I know who's not like that. He sees getting lost as an adventure. He doesn't get angry. It really doesn't freak him out too much. He doesn't really love to ask for directions, but he will. Um, I remember this other time my mom and dad were driving to visit me in Boston and they were in their 70s and had only made this trip a couple of times. So they were a little nervous about driving in the city. Um, But I gave them really good directions. They missed an exit and they weren't sure where they were. So they called me and they were panicked. They were fighting with each other. They were so, you know, just angry and wound up. And I just kept saying, you know what, just breathe. Tell me where you are. I asked him a couple of questions and I I knew exactly where they were. And I said, listen, I'm going to get you here. It's okay. It's all going to work out. Um, I know there's horror stories about people who followed the GPS directions right into the middle of a a snow-covered mountain or into the middle of the desert or off a cliff. But really, that doesn't happen. I mean, like I said, we're not going to fall off the edge of the earth if we get lost in this country. Um, And of course, I say all this, but I have to tell on myself a little bit, or I have family members who will call me out. But this one time, my parents and one of my nieces came to visit us. So they flew to Vegas. We drove to the Grand Canyon because they had never seen it. And we had an amazing time at the Grand Canyon. And the next morning, we were leaving. And we were at the South Rim. And we were driving out. And part of the road was closed. So we had to take a detour. And, you know, we had no idea this was going to happen. We weren't prepared for it. So we had to, you know, try to use the map feature on my phone. And I remember, I don't know, it wasn't quite working like I thought it should be. Anyway, it routed us down this path that freaked me out. We we took a turn. Um, and if any of you have ever been to the south rim of the Grand Canyon, there's not a lot around there. It's not heavily populated. And uh, we found ourselves on this dirt road, driving through this area that was just spooky to me. Um, It was so uh, barren. And like I said, it was a dirt road. I'm driving and I've got, you know, my parents in the car, my niece, of course, my husband was with me. And uh, none of us really knew where this road was going to lead us. I think what freaked me out was that 
uh, I just kept thinking, well, what, you know, if we break down or have a problem here, what are we going to do? We don't have cell phone service. The only thing we can keep doing is driving forward. And I didn't get angry or unhinged or anything, but I was anxious and I was uncomfortable. My family knew it and they were teasing me. They all thought it was the greatest thing, that it was an adventure. And it just freaked me out. It must be human nature, or maybe we're conditioned as Americans. We like to know where we're going, and we like to be sure of that. And if we don't, we become afraid. For some people, um, you know, when this happens, they stop in their tracks. They are paralyzed and can't move forward. Some become unhinged, like I've already talked about, and yell and scream. And some people could just drive in circles for hours because they don't know what to do and they don't want to stop and ask for help. Hopefully what you'll see in this piece that I'm going to read today is that what's important is that you keep moving forward and eventually you'll see something that will let you know you're okay. Um, When we were on this dirt road outside of the Grand Canyon, that's what I just kept focusing on. I kept my eyes straight ahead and I was just looking for some sign of life, civilization, something to let me know that a paved road was in my future and that um, this car full of people that I was responsible for were going to be okay. You know, and everything that I've talked about so far are examples of literally being lost geographically, right? Tied to physical space and and our literal path or directions. Um, But for some, that same fear and anxiety can surface when we feel lost on our life's path. It's more of an emotional, thought-driven feeling. But um, the, the fear, the anxiety, the anger it can produce is the same. And uh, the moment that inspired this essay I'm going to read probably happened about 10 years ago. Uh, I had started training for and completed my first triathlon in 2009. So I know it was after that. And uh, this particular evening, I experienced something while running that really spoke to me. And it probably spoke to me because I am one of those people who was always wondering and worrying about whether or not I'm doing the right thing. Am I on the right path? Did I take the right job, marry the right man, buy the right house? I tend to need confirmation, something to let me know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know as a person of faith, I'm supposed to just trust and move forward. And I do. But I still like that little nudge that lets me know I'm good. So now I'm I'm going to read this essay, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Trail Markers The ground is uneven and hard, and the path is narrow with unexpected twists and turns. The daylight is almost all burned up, and in the duskiness, I wonder if I missed the last trail marker. It's been a long stretch since I've seen one of those fluorescent orange or yellow arrows. The volunteers have sprayed them on trees, sometimes on a rock or on the dirt itself. What if the mark has faded or somebody kicked the rock? Did I make the right turn back there? The trail forked and I chose left. I'm keeping the lake on my left side and the traffic on my right, I think. I hear somebody breathing behind me and a woman bounces past me. She runs with the kind of gait I covet. She moves straight up and down as if she has flubber on the bottom of her sneaker that propels her with each step. Her ponytail sway corresponds with each flounce and her face isn't red or sweating. 
On the other hand, I'm a self-described clodhopper. My foot barely clears the ground. Instead of the magic, Disney-esque bouncy material, I seem to have a glutinous substance on the bottom of my sneakers that is determined to keep me in contact with the Earth's surface at all times. I try to mimic the bounce but can't keep it up for very long. Clod hopping makes running on a trail in the woods challenging. I'm especially careful to clear any tree roots or potholes. My desire to avoid a fall or injury wins out over any desire to be fast. I'm alone again on the trail after she passes. Not unusual for a middle-of-the-pack runner like me. Too slow for the people at the front of the line who are always checking their watches to keep a race pace and achieve a personal best, even though we're mostly a bunch of middle-aged people on a random weeknight and nobody is keeping score. Too fast for those who are new to running or so busy chatting with their friends they miss the start altogether. I don't like to talk while I run, mostly because I need my breath to keep from passing out, but I also like the silence. When I run alone, I'm able to give my full attention to the thoughts in my head. Also, I like to know if a dog has broken loose from his leash and is barreling with bare teeth at my meaty calf, or hear the breath of another runner-slash-serial-rapist-slash-killer sneaking up behind me, and I like to make sure I don't miss a marker. It's been a while since I've seen one, and Flubber is long gone, so I can't follow her. I can't tell if the water is still on my left. The trees are too thick with leaves this time of year. It's not like the markers are all that accurate or provide any useful information. They don't tell you how far you've come or, more importantly, how far you have left to go. They don't tell you whether you're headed east or south. They are simply a sign that you are where you're supposed to be. I'm surprised I haven't seen anyone else on the path. Maybe I should have stayed straight back there. What if I get lost forever in the woods and my family doesn't know where to find me? My eyes strain, darting from tree trunks to rocks to the dirt beneath me. I remove my sunglasses that are completely unnecessary in the woods this time of day, hoping that will uncover something. The trail makes a sharp right, and on a trunk in front of me is a spray of orange, more ink blot than arrow, and only the size of a small bat. But it is enough. I exhale and keep running. That's the end of the essay. I don't know. Okay, before we get serious again, does anybody else remember Flubber? I remember that movie. It was a a Disney movie, I believe. And the only thing I really remember or stands out from that movie is there was a basketball team, there was a scientist, and the basketball team was losing, and the scientist gave them this Flubber material they put on the bottom of their sneakers, and all of a sudden they could jump and fly through the air and, of course, make all the baskets they needed to and win the game. So that's where the Flubber reference comes from. But, um, you know, back to this sense of being lost that you know there's many things that can trigger that right it can be a really bad breakup or divorce maybe the death of a loved one the loss of a job Um, certainly the pandemic that we're living in right now Um, it could be a health crisis a mental health crisis Um, I have a good friend who is really struggling right now with a health crisis that she did not see coming you know she's really been um, struggling to come back from some two major back surgeries and a hip replacement. And it's it's caused her to stop and really think about, okay, the path I was on and where I thought my life was going 
is no different. And, you know, she's she's really looking for a trail marker to figure out, okay, which way do I turn now? Where do I go now? If I'm not this person, this athletic person who could do all these physical things, who am I? Where do I go from here? Um, and it doesn't even have to be a big crisis. Sometimes it's not logical at all. Sometimes we just feel that way because I think it's part of human nature. I know that after my divorce, I got divorced about six years ago, and um, I had a really bad case of wondering where the heck I was going in life. The path that I had been on and thought I'd be on for the next 50 years was ripped out from under me suddenly, and it left me feeling really lost and unsure. And it wasn't just about losing that person, you know, losing that my husband. It was the whole life, you know, it was where we lived and it was our future and how I was going to retire and what that was going to look like and all of the family dynamics and really who I was um, and had become in this relationship. I felt like I lost along with it, you know, along with him. I felt like I lost all those things. And so it really left me um, feeling lost and unsure for a long time. And at one point, I developed this mantra because I would find myself in different situations or in physical places. And I would, this feeling would come over me like, where am I? How did I get here? What happened to my life? And um, I developed this mantra. I'm not where I thought I'd be, but I'm where I'm meant to be. And it really shifted my perspective for me and and helped me. Um, So I hope you can relate to that. Uh, Are you like this? This week, I want you to look for trail markers. What's the mantra you need? What's the sign that you need to let you know that you're on the right path, um, that you're not lost? So think about that. And that's it for this episode. In our next episode, we are going to talk about um, the sixth sense, I like to call it, uh, and it's called C. And you can find more information and contact me by going to my website, kellybargabus.com slash podcasts. And if you have something, um, if you got something useful by listening today, please subscribe, share, or review all there is. I'd appreciate it. Take care.